this is kind of the first time I'm publicly talking about this because we literally just created this concept. So check it out. Like for me, my North Star statement is I want to take my God-given talents and utilize that to improve the quality of mankind in the biggest way possible. What's cool about that is that that is my North Star that's going to give me direction. And how can that be applicable in a practical way? Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone. A certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. Welcome this morning on the decision table, Akbar. I am so excited you are here, if you can't tell. I was getting pretty hyped up there, but like I'm just... We keep going, okay, we're going to talk and we're going to carry on and catch up and everything gets away from us. So, hey, here's a good way to have a conversation and catch up even here on the decision table. These conversations, literally, my friend, conversations that I just felt absolutely in need of at this moment across the world where there's no judgment, it's safe. We don't even know where these conversations go. And that's kind of the fun piece about it because. I think that there's so much, you know, I was just listening to something and she was talking very much about how regulated everything is and the point that do we still have a voice really because so much is being censored, right? And so much is taken out of our control in a lot of ways because even in leadership, if you look at it right now, there's a lot of things that you should not say because it's not kosher to say that. Or if you have a different opinion to someone else, hey, keep that quiet because you might upset someone. And I don't know. I think there's a opportunity right now, an opportunity for us to have a look at how do we do a new approach to leadership? And that's kind of where these conversations came from, where we just wanted to, like I believe, my true belief is that I think there is a need for a new approach to leadership. And Mm. I'm having these conversations to see what others are saying. And by the way, if I keep flickering, I've got to buy a new light. It's just (laughs) in the last two days or three days, it's begun doing this. And I'm like, okay, it's really not working. So ignore that. It's just a bit of, you know, get us excited for the morning as it's Monday here in Sydney. Yes. Anyway, when I say things like that, what does that bring up for you? You know, it's interesting. I, the first thing that just popped in my head was my dad. He told me, I think the first time, I don't remember when this was, I mean, I don't know, a couple of years ago or something. He's like a year or two ago when he saw, well, I was pretty open mm. <laughs> on social media <laughs> about my political and you know, beliefs and things like that and my thought uh, activist movements such as Black Lives Matter and so, so on and so on so forth. Uh, And my dad said, uh, listen, you know, son, you're in business here. You're not a politician. You're not an activist. You're in business. Stay away from all that because you're going to offend somebody. And then look, at the end of the day, it's going to cost your business. Just leave it all alone. And I told my dad, I said, dad, I don't care if I make less money. I'm not, I'm going to have my opinions. I'm going to put it out there. And I don't care if I lose business. (laughs) Now, Hey, listen. I, I do I, care because they can literally take everything, right? I was cool losing some money. I'm okay with that, but I yeah. can't look. I have a family, right? So that you can't take everything away from me because I got a family to be, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, you, you won. I can't. Yeah, you shut everybody up, you know, who has any opinion. <laughs> you shut them up. So, anyway, good for you. It's your platform. What am I going to say? Sure. Uh, but isn't this exactly it, though? Then. This is now where we are losing control of having a voice. And if we say the wrong thing, someone can attack us or there are huge consequences. And like you said, I'm the same. I have a family. You don't want that to be at risk, right? Yet, Yet, if we continue the way that it's going, you know, all I feel like is we're widening the gap between where we need to be and where we want to be and where we actually are. Yeah, no, I made a post recently. I really can't even make posts like this anymore. But it was like, you know, 20 years from now, I'm going to be on stage somewhere giving a talk. And mm-hmm. I'm going to say, you know, guys, there used to be something called freedom of speech. Yes. I'm going to talk about that. But 
on the other side of the spectrum, there's other people. You know, it's interesting, Kiri, that I had a profound meeting with a client the other day, and we came up with something called the North Star, your North Star statement. Situation was this guy, man, he had a, a night, he, a successful guy, running good numbers. He had an Amazon business. He had a real estate business. He had a retail business. And now he wants to go into coaching. I'm like, man, why are you doing all these things? You know, you're doing really well. Why? You? Now he's, he's approached me because he wants to build a new coaching business. And, and that's, that's what I help people with. And I said, why? The first thing I asked him is why? Why do you want to do all this? Well, you know, I want to build a $100 million brand. I said, okay, why? And now at this point, I see his pupils going right and left, which means he's, he's, he's <laughs> searching for something to say. I said, well, you know, look, I want to provide for my family. And then I said, well, you can provide for your family for a lot less than $100 million. And he's like, yeah, you know, I think I want to leave a legacy. And he's just looking for something. But the reality mm. is, you know, the marketplace has put this meaning, this weightless kind of idea that, oh, go get a $100 million brand. And what I said is, look, man, before we jump in any more businesses, let's kind of create a North Star statement. You know, like, for example, for, mm, for me. I like that. And I think this is really cool. I think I want to talk about it. This is kind of the first time I'm publicly talking about this because we literally just created this concept. Out of mm. this so check it out. Like for me, my North Star statement is I want to take my God-given talents and utilize that to improve the quality of mankind in the biggest way possible. Mm. And what's cool about that is that that is my North Star that's going to give me direction. And how can that be applicable in a practical way? Well, check it out. Like we have a coaching business. It's good. It does seven figures, right? But if someone comes up to me, for example's sake, if a non-for-profit comes up to me and say, hey, listen, man, we've raised half a billion dollars in charity, okay? And guess what? Our marketing department's not that great. And you know mm -hmm. what? We've been watching you and we like your marketing style and we want you to come on board as a CMO. And we are fully confident that you can take this to, our, you can take our nonprofit and you can actually raise over a billion dollars in funds. Mm -hmm. And this is actually going to positively impact about a billion people. Well, so now what's my decision going to be? Well, if I look at my North Star, I'm not in it for the money because if I take this role with the nonprofit, I'm taking a, I'm taking a serious pay cut. But that's okay because I'm not in it for the money. I'm in it for the impact. So the answer is, yeah, let's do it. Because what was my North Star statement is that I want to make as much impact as humanly possible. Like, you know, because we talk about giving a lot, you know, people kind of regularly come up to us and say, hey, man, you know, we sponsored an orphan. Thanks for encouraging us or inspiring us to do that well that's cool but that was one orphan here one orphan here one orphan here one orphan here but if i get to work with a company that's got this big platform now, you know generate over a half a billion dollars and, and impact a billion people well yeah. that's a hell of a lot more impact that i'm making right now so i think that's really helpful for people because i also put another post in the click community and, you know, I had applied for a two comic club award and I said, and I was just kind of giving a thought to people. And I said, listen, what's your intention? Why do you want it? To, everybody wants a two comic club award. Why? Is it for some material crap? Is it for fame? Or is it to world, make the world a better place? And I think that the people are really ready for this kind of message because, I mean, the post went viral. And it, it's just this idea that, hey, look, let's have an intention. Because a lot of times as entrepreneurs, especially in this polluted marketplace, it's just like, go, 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 get, 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 get. Just like my friend, he's like, I want a $100 million brand. I don't know why, but I want a hundred million. I want a two comic club. I don't really know why I want a two comic club. But it's like, it's like, I think that really helps us a lot. Have a North Star, right? Like, truth be told, like, you know, to, part of my North Star is to spread this message. This is kind of difficult for me to be on this interview, to be honest with you. I didn't tell you, Kree, but I just... I got off a Zoom just now, but five minutes ago, I got off a Zoom virtual funeral with my oh. aunt, who oh. I'm in Australia, and she's in America, so I can't go. Mm -hmm. So I just left that. So it's like, my wife's like, you're really going on a podcast? I said, yeah, because that's our life work, is to kind of spread yeah. this word. And if anything, the funeral is a reminder that we don't, tomorrow is not guaranteed. Oh, I still hear you. Yes. You know, we have to go, in my opinion, and I feel uncomfortable talking about this sometimes, but because not everybody thinks like this, but in my opinion, we have to go big. Because we God, did. yeah, know, like God gave you a lot of talent, Kiri. You know what I mean? God, mm. you know, it's like, what are you going to do with that? Oh, well, you know, I helped a couple of people. Well, wait a minute. And maybe I'm wrong, you know, but this is just the way I'm thinking. Well, 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 my friend, you are not wrong because, like, you've got another person on the other end of this who agrees with you on this one and this is why we've got 
what I believe is that we need to have these conversations and they're uncomfortable, right? They're not the comfortable conversations. They're not the conversations that maybe have been acceptable in the past. Firstly, I want to say thank you for coming on, even you know, though you've just jumped off, because I know what that's been like having to grieve when you're not in the same place. Like this has been this mm. whole new space. I lost quite a few people last year. And, you know, the first thing that my first initial thing is, oh, I'll jump on a plane. I'll go and spend time with the loved ones and that are still here and, and grieve together. And we don't get to do that at this moment. So thank mm. you. I just want to acknowledge that piece first. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. But, you know, it's just a reminder to me, right? I mean, it's like yeah. we got to go. We got to play big. We got to use our talents in the biggest way possible to make the most amount of impact. And that's where I totally agree. And I think that there's this side of us that we can be individual. We can say, hey, let's build this little beautiful little business company, whatever that is. But yeah. I think there becomes this point. And this is part of this new approach that how are you using your platform to be a voice, to be the bigger impact, to play that bigger play there? If we are truly to look at, which is what I think is another thing on this approach to leadership, which is that humanity are stakeholders at the decision table. If we truly see this as a truth, then we have to play at a bigger level and our impact has to, you know, use our platform to bring a bigger impact and give voice to whatever that is that is your genius zone. There is no other Akbar that is you, right? There's no other Kiri Marie that is me. And although there's people that can do things that we can do, they can't bring what we bring to the table. So I believe that becomes a responsibility for both of us to play at a bigger level. That's right. That's right. And, you know, you have to have, you know, it's an interesting reminder that you have to have thick skin. There's a funny story with my wife that just happened. She launched a fashion business. The day that she launched, she's not a typical entrepreneur. She's an architect who's who's primarily always had, you know, a a job. She's the first business venture. Wow. And her first day of launch in her fashion business, she gets, you know, an order, her first order ever. She went to go fulfill it by her factory, who was drop shipping. The factory goes, the factory says, oh, sorry, we went out of business. Oh, no. Well, we've just gone out of business due to COVID. And my wife's looking at me in shock. She's like, wait a minute, I just launched. I just got my first order. My factory's gone out of business. And I yeah. said something, she got mad. She didn't like it at all. She got mad at me, but it, I don't, it's the truth. I said, well, sweetheart. Welcome to business. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And that's the thing, right? There's challenges that are always going to hit the fan. And so we do need to build this thick skin. How do you build thick skin? What are some things that you do? Look, I mean, look, I'll be honest. Like, I would consider myself a bit of, how do I say this? I mean, like, I think everyone is sensitive to a degree. Like, you know, we all get Mm. hate. Yeah, we all get hate. It's my least favorite part of the business, easily. Easily my least favorite. Oh, you mean business. you're human still? Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I think I've always had a detachment yeah. you know, from, money, from, from money because even when I was living in an electrical closet with no windows, no showers, no hot water, I mean, I was still happy. Do you know what I mean? Wow. So I think I'm not afraid to lose money. You know what I mean? I'm not afraid if I don't make anything today. You know what I mean? So I think that helps a lot. So, okay, so you'll say you're not afraid to lose money, yet if you publicly say things, you could lose money. Well, I can lose it. Well, it's not just money. It's it's everything. It's the whole business. (laughs) But it's an interesting concept, though, right? Where do we cut that line? That was not a judgment. It was merely a thought. Like, it's like, well, on one hand, you say this. On the other hand, we say this. And we say we need to use our platforms to be a voice. Yet, if we use our platform, there's this risk. I think there's ways in which we can do that, right? Like thick skin. If we go back to your North Star concept, right? North Star, like for me, is that you have a vision that is beyond yourself, that you will get up every day no matter what you face because your drivers are beyond yourself, beyond you. You know, when I think of, and I know not everyone thinks like this because a lot of people are very in-focused, not out-focused. But if you're to play at a big level and to use that big level as a platform, there has to be this 
And I've seen it in patterns of clients myself with leaders across the globe. There are those that are very unfocused. They can only play at a small level because here's the thing. Everything affects them. Oh, my goodness. If something didn't go right, oh, that was me. That was me letting myself down. I really, you know, this, what I do is not good. Everyone's not liking me. When you have an out focus, when you have those moments called challenges, those moments called stretches, you know, you go, okay, so that way didn't work. How do we find a pathway that's actually going to give us the result we want? And And there's this whole concept beyond yourself. Because if you don't, lives will be affected, money won't be made, the impact, you know, that you have, whether it's helping someone else to be able to be in their genius zone isn't going to occur. And so the domino effect happens, right? And I think that this is an interesting thing, right? When we look at the in-focus versus out-focus side of it. Yeah. Look, it's like, you know, I was talking to, fortunately, we got a dog over here as a present to someone in the family. But the reality is not everyone in the house is a dog person. You find out the hard way. Fortunately, we had to sell the dog. And the Let's have a who, moment for the dog. No, just kidding. Yeah. Yep, good. <laughs> and the people who picked up the dog, they work from home now. And I said, that's nice. And I said, you know, and I was just having small talk a little bit. And I said... Well, listen, you know, they say they love working at home. And I said, well, listen, I don't think corporate America will ever be the same after, you know, everyone's been working at home and realizing, oh, oh, shoot, we don't need an office. Actually, we've been fine without one. And they said, yeah, they agree. Similarly, I think that because of this, you see, I can't even say how I really feel about the way they're treating people, but because of the nice things that are happening to people who try to speak their mind. I think you will see an uprising in people creating their own platforms and concentrating more on what they can control, meaning their email list. There's very few things we can completely control, such as our email lists and things of that nature. But I think there's definitely a movement towards that, which is good, which I think is really good because the first thing I learned when I first got in the online world and I was in some cheesy network marketing thing, the first thing I was taught was, hey, dude, you need three poles in the water. You cannot, like, if your entire world is on Facebook and Facebook doesn't like you, then you're screwed. You're you're bankrupt, right? So you need to have multiple poles in the water. Like, I was taught you need to have at least three poles in the water. Like, you should be killing it in traffic. For example, Facebook, you know, like Google, and like maybe email, right? Or, Or whatever, whatever. And I think most people are very one platform reliant. So, so I think hopefully people learn from this and including ourselves because we are you know, we're not the most diverse when it comes to traffic. This could be a great growth and, or as you say, stretch, I think for a lot of businesses. Yeah. I always teach on the fact that I don't believe that we should be building proven models or like a business, the old kind of school business model, but that we should be creating what I think are evolving ecosystems. And I think that this is the same in leadership that we are, you know, at a point in our lives where we need to keep evolving. And that means that we learn from those things that are stretching us, those things that are challenges, whatever it is. And we take those on board and we keep evolving. But that also brings a different lens in which we start looking at things and making decisions, right? Because, you know, the old way was kind of like the old style leadership for me was things like you were told how to do things. You were told that, Just make it good with, say, one funnel and you'll be fine. And the new way is, what if we start looking through different lenses? What if we start asking questions? What if we have different pathways in which we start making decisions, right? And I think that this is such a, where it was so proven that this is the proven strategy. This is the proven how you must be a leader. We now go Okay, so that worked for this particular specific area. Now, maybe we can take a part of that. But if we were to look through a different lens, how do we evolve where leadership is going? Or how do we evolve our using our platform to go and have a voice? I think we just have to be smarter humans. I think in a lot of ways, we've been so used to being conditioned to, so tell me, how do I do this? Tell me, what am I allowed to do? Tell me, 
like those kind of things. Yeah, that's such a great point. And it's, it's, you know, I never really, well, as you say that, it's frustrating because it's true. You know, I'll give you an example. People be like, well, just tell me what my why should be. Well, how the hell am I going to tell you what your why exactly. should be? Exactly. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can give you some structure and some points. But then like, and that's, for me, structure is like the lenses, right? Like we're giving them yeah. frameworks they can yeah. work through. But we've got to get smarter as human. Yeah, I'll tell you something interesting here, or at least I think it's interesting. But, you know, I'm not extremely worried about it. And I'll tell you why. Mm. Because if you study history and the first time the camera was invented, the camera was brought to the marketplace and people took a picture, people would literally historically make a a cross with their fingers and and they would hiss because they thought this is new technology that the camera Mm. was taking a piece of your soul. And now everyone and their mother's got, you know, right, attached to their hip, right? Yeah. Number one. Number two is if you study the history of business, you know, I'll give you there were some rough numbers. The, the first ever recorded business transaction, one of the first mm. ever recorded business transactions of all time, was roughly 70,000 years ago off of in an island off the coast of Fiji where they traded the volcanic glass. Wow. And if you study business, it started basically like this. And then it kind of evolved into what's called the marketplace, which is today's modern day flea market. Uh You know, the marketplaces were a beautiful grand place where where communities would gather. Then ships and trains and mail was invented. And then people started doing business using these platforms. Then retail stores were invented. And then that was the big, you know, giant conglomerates of that part of history where, where they had retail stores and people traveling to a retail enclosure to conduct business and exchange and do commerce now and this is the interesting part it really when the iphone came out historically one could argue when the iphone came out roughly 12 years ago or so uh, is when the internet truly got popular remember facebook mm. Instagram, all these guys, none of those guys are even around all the biggest companies in the world some of the biggest companies none of them were even around whatever it was five six seven years ago um, so true then, yeah then the internet got popular and then now we are, you and me, we are, and everybody watching is the first ever generation per people in the history of man to be conducting business online. So it is a brand new platform. With that comes a lot of the and a lot of the lottery ticket mentality, right? Oh, okay, I can push a couple of buttons here and I'm gonna make a million dollars. And you do have vulture marketers out there who say, yeah, 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 that's exactly right. It, it, it's so easy your grandma can do it. There's a few of those around, yes, I yeah, agree. Yeah, there's one or two of those around. Mm-hmm. Right? Some of them are much bigger than others. And a lot of them lie to themselves or, or brainwash them. A lot of the top people just brainwash themselves yeah. into believing that they're actually truly helping people with this messaging, when in reality it's just something they've convinced themselves so they can sleep well at night. But So, yeah, look, historically we are the first generation to be doing this. So... Yeah. I think as time evolves, people, it will become commonplace. You know, like, like historically, think about it. how the hell are we supposed to know? At the end of the day, though, I will say that since day one, it's always been fundamental entrepreneurial skills, right? Mm. Meaning that in the 70s, when you would get a letter in the mail, and you would open it and there would be a physical sales letter. Mm. Take a look at that, or even, sorry, even in the 80s or even early 90s, you would get these letters in the mail. You know, hey, this the opportunity, this whatever opportunity there was. If you take a look at that sales letter that you got in the mail and you take a look at a landing page today on the internet, it's the exact same psychology. One was just paper, yeah. one was digital. So I think the interesting thing we're seeing today is a lot of non-entrepreneurial people who lack fundamental entrepreneurial skill sets are jumping online trying to be an entrepreneur all of a sudden because... Yeah, said, even your dead grandmother can do this. So it's an interesting period of time we're in. The the one I think we should be aware of. That. I don't I don't think it's discussed enough. So okay, I hear you on that. And when you think of the lenses you're using and going to keep using, or new ones that you're going to use in the future with leadership and how you lead, what will that look like? So that you are genuine. I'd like to say, I think I've always been genuine, you know, and I think as far as like, I think you should be very clear on who you want to work with, you know, like Mm -hmm. like for us, 
our thing is like, and not to label anyone a winner or a loser or anything like that, but just like internally, it's like we help winners win. Because at the end of the day, winners win. Right? And we don't like losers coming in our doorway. And I always certainly don't want to label anybody a loser. But I, if you think about it just from a business model point of view, right? A winner is going to win. I'm just stirring you up there. Yeah. The, but it's interesting, though. A winner is going to win with or without you. But. Well, there's a different mentality, right? When you work with a winner. Yeah. And so we like to say we help winners win faster and easier, leveraging Uh our uh, resources and and white hair. You know what I mean? Um, I I really like, you know, where other companies prey on newbies. Like if you've never had any success in your life and you never really achieved much, all due respect, that's fine. Maybe you're a hundred times better person than I am. And I'm sure some of you are. But I'm not the right guy for you because yeah. I don't have that kind of patience that's needed. Like I like they say yeah, there's no such thing as a dumb, yeah. Like, you know, they say there's no such thing as a dumb question. I mean, I disagree. I think there is. Yeah. The other day someone's like, Hey, what's a pixel? I'm like, dude, you know, just Google it. Just Google it. Yeah. Thank you. What you know what I mean? <laughs> so I think that's really important though. I think people should be very particular who they're selling to. Because from experience, I will say if your significant partner, if your clients and your team is from hell, your life is hell. But if you have dream clients, a supporting partner, and a great team, life's pretty dandy at that moment. And I think that's such an important thing to remember is that it's, and again, it goes to, this is okay just to work with winners. Like you're actually going to be in your genius zone when you get to work with them, right? Mm -hmm. And I know when I first started out, You know, I run the other company as well, but I was starting up my little venture and, you know, everyone kept saying you should work with women and you should work with women with work-life imbalance because you know how to do all these amazing things and you just like, it comes so naturally. So I began that. Do you know what? I really, I mean, no offense if any of the clients that were clients came on, come on now, but, you know, at that time... Like it was the hardest thing I've probably ever done in my life because I was finding that I was still telling them the same thing a year later, right? And that was not using my genius zone because my brain works so fast and I get to access both left and right. So I think really big. Uh So I love playing with global leadership space because, you know, leaders in that way love to play on a big scale. And yet I can think very like analytical and strategic and think right down here. And so, you know, those kind of people weren't my people because like they just were like very narrow thinking often at the startup point. And I was like, I just blessed them to go and work with someone else. And I always say like yourself that I do this disclaimer that, you know, I'm very decisive. There's no fluff to what I do or say. And if you want to come and play on a big scale, then I'm your girl. If not, I've got lots of numbers I can uh, yeah. let you know who, yeah. who to go yeah. to work with. No, I agree with you. By the way, I have a question. These glasses that you're wearing, yes. you wear them outdoors. No, I do not. And I never wore glasses before we ended up on Zoom nonstop 24-7. These are... <laughs> That's what it feels like, right? These are blue blocking lights. And I used to think it was just this fad thing. My eyes hurt because I'm always looking and I want to look at you because I'm trying to go, where do we need to take this conversation and and ask better questions? I'm intense when I'm looking at it. And I was finding I was getting a lot of headaches and sore Mm. eyes. And so these are what these glasses are. Yeah. No, sometimes I just wonder and I ask myself, you know, because sometimes I see people outside wearing it. And I just say to myself, and if you think about it, you know, I don't know the whole story. You're right. Maybe they suffer from migraines or what. Who knows? But I say to myself, I mean, this landscape that God created is so beautiful, such vibrant, beautiful colors. Because I know some of them are doing it because, you know, they're trying to be cool or something. They are yeah. legitimate people. I, they I have definitely people. don't do this to be cool. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm just a, like I see people, Although I I'm did not... say to someone yesterday, I go, because I actually brought up the fact that I have to wear them all the time now when yeah. I'm on the Zooms. And I go, I guess it does kind of make me look more smarter. So I'll take yeah. that one. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, it does. In fact, it does look cool. I would just hate for like people who don't really need it to like go out there and like see everything as yellow totally. when they're missing out on the, on the beauty of life. You know what I mean? So, by the way, when I look through these on the screen, I don't see yellow. That's the oh, interesting really? thing. Yes. No, no, I can see just like everything just normal, like a literally. <laughs> it's just a maybe a little tinge of a yellow compared, but mm. mainly it's pretty similar. And that's why I tend to do the lighter color ones. These are quite mm. light for blue blockers. I don't like, again, I don't like having colored. I'm the same. I'm extremely visual. So that's, mm. if we use that as an example, one of the reasons I go for a walk usually in the mornings is because I want to start my day without sunglasses on because I actually yeah. have to wear sunglasses outside because I've got these things on my eyes and they said, you know, that's like, it's like a, a precursor kind of thing to something building up that's not nice. And so I had to wear sunglasses outside, but I love to go outside without glasses on. Yeah. And yeah. the best way I can do that is when the sun is just coming up, right? So, yeah, um, yeah. and one of the reasons I go for a walk is not just to see things, but I don't, I often will not be listening to anything because I want to hear noises and it's to actually wake up all my senses because mm. I think that one of the things that we do is that we are not, again, it's that smartness. I talk about HI, so the muscle of human intelligence. And I talk about this a lot because I think that, you know, as humans, and if we are humanity at the stakeholders, then we need to rely on some of our decisions that we're going to be making. And we need to start thinking and going, how do we make better decisions? And if we were to make better decisions, what would that need to look like, right? Mm. And I think that's when you can start relying on yourself and knowing that you actually are really are a smart person, knowing that there's this thing called intuition. And I think in the past, you know, I'm myself guilty of this, that I would think it was kind of a woo-woo thing, right? And intuition, it's like, oh. But I think that there is something about being able to trust your gut when you can say something, when you don't say something, when you go, this is not worth pushing. Yeah. But over here, let's use this to push further. There's yeah. something about that, right? And I think that in a lot of what, again, going back to what I said earlier, that I think there's a lot of our conditioning where, you know, we've become very sheep-like. <laughs> and it's like, well, that's how they're saying it, so we should follow that way. So going back to glasses, the cool look versus it actually helps me and I didn't want to do it because it was kind of like the cool thing. Someone here, and I don't know who you are, and I thank you for being here on the conversation. It just says Facebook user, I got my prescription glasses with transparent blue blockers. And so, and that's exactly what this kind of thing does, right? It just blocks that kind of thing. So. It's interesting what you said about gut, your gut, what your gut. I think that your gut. And can I, while, while you're saying this, I just want to do a disclaimer. Data is also absolutely important in this, but I think part of it is also gut. Well, I think, you know, what's interesting, what I was going to say is that I'm not sure that a lot of people realize how much actual data is in the gut, in your gut yes. feeling. And just to talk about this concept a little bit, because when I first heard about it, I was, I was, I was pretty fascinated. You know, it was just like, what's your gut feeling? And a lot of people say, it's interesting, I went to there was this life coach. I was in Russell Brunson's mastermind and we got a life coach with that. And, and the same life coach who coaches Russell Brunson, who's the CEO of a large software company. And I asked her a question. It was really profound. What she said, she said, listen, I've been, she's very like ridiculously qualified, right? Oh, I, mm -hmm. you know, like, like trained Tony Robbins, or I worked very high with Tony Robbins mm -hmm. in 30 years and like the world worked with all these incredible leaders and like all these incredible accolades. You know, one of the best things I could possibly tell you out of all my credentials, I mean, she had all these NLP credentials and all these like yeah. degrees and this and that. I mean, like, you know, superstar. So, you know, one of the, honestly, one of the best things I can tell you out of everything I know, she says, uh, follow your gut. Now, you probably heard this throughout your life, follow your gut, follow your gut. But in reality, what does that actually scientifically mean? Yes. And what's fascinating about follow your gut is throughout your life, and some will argue even when you're in the, it starts when you're in the womb and others will say, well, it starts, you know, when you're out of the womb, you are collecting, your brain is collecting data. Data, 
Yeah. It's collecting a lot of failure data as well. You mm -hmm. know, for example, sake, if you ever thought about if someone throws you whatever, a baseball, a football, and over here in Australia, so I'll say a rugby ball. Uh, I don't know what they call it. Do they call it that? No, that's rugby? more New Zealand. That's more oh, New Zealand. Okay. Yeah. Cricket, cricket ball here? Oh, um, yeah, there is definitely cricket here. It's yeah, summertime, so yes, cricket. <laughs> and if you think about it, let's just say you have to run a little bit to catch the ball. If you think about it, your muscles have to twitch a certain length for you, and your legs have to stride a certain length within a certain frame of seconds. And you have to kind of calculate the wind and the gravity and where your hand has to reach at the exact moment that the ball does the curve and lands and you have to meet at that exact moment and endless calculations are happening. I mean, are you thinking of any of that? It's all mm -hmm. happening in nanoseconds and you just do. Similarly, like throughout your life, your brain is collecting data. Okay, this doesn't work. Okay, when I was a kid, I heard that. When I, Okay, I learned this in school. And it may not be like on the top of your mind, but it's in there somewhere. And then so you're just collecting endless bits of data throughout your life through, you know, movies, culture, food, experience, travel, school. Exactly. Work. And this, I'm going to go with my guts. That gut decision is actually just your mind exploring all that data and making an actual database decision, an internal database decision. So I think it is an extremely valuable thing to. I love that. I always say it's your decision DNA neural pathway, you know, side of you. And that's what all my yeah. stuff is based on, right? Where we can go, yeah. well, what are the decisions we're making? Or what are, the, I always go back to the wiring of, or where is your, you know, wiring? Like sometimes we've just got the wires wrong and we need to rewire that to a different wiring. And, you know, when we can sort of plug into some other, Here's the thing, when we make decisions, when we trust or have this data coming in, right, there's this whole concept of, well, where's that coming from? And what gave us that result at that table? Like, how did we get a behavior? And then what does that result, you know, how does that come as an output? And, you know, my whole thinking is, what if we could rewire to different things, disrupt that pattern and actually get the results at the table that, you know, we are needing and want? And it comes back to a lot of this gut or intuition or the words commonly used in that way. But to me, it's all based on patterns. I mean, that's how yeah. it's how I know to get best results. And when you have a decision DNA, your decision DNA is actually wired to the way that you want it to be, then you get different results. And I just think if imagine using that concept, if we wire our sort of our leadership DNA becomes the DNA we actually want to be wired to and move forward in, then that's going to shift where we're heading, you know. And then instead of all this division and these challenges that we're seeing on the global space, you know, it will actually become a place in which we are not bringing division but narrowing that gap from problem to solution. And, you know, so that's kind of where that thinking's coming from. Let's wrap this up because I think there's just been such gold here. But one of the things I do, firstly, how if people want to connect with you and find out more about what you do, how do they do that? Yeah, I mean, they could just go to my website, I suppose, which is just my name.com. My, my mom never thought I'd be a marketer, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, every time I'm asked that, it makes me think. I was like, yeah, I should have like, well, I am actually re like redoing everything. 2021, we are redoing everything. So it'll, it'll be cool. Like, well, I'm mean, just to share with you real quick. I'm having like a, I guess what they call like an authority page where it kind of like, if someone doesn't know me, it tells them my story and like, how, like what we do, how we've helped people, why we do. And just like the kind of a complete story where right now it's probably like here and there and stuff like that. So that is being built as we speak. But right now you'll get a lot of goodies at, at akbarsheik.com. And, you know, it's interesting what you're saying, Kiri, about design. Because recently this thought came into my head is that, you know, we really are not only the author of our life story, but also the graphic designer. You know, and it's mm -hmm. interesting because you know, mm -hmm. like all these video games, you know, these days. And what's this hot one that everyone talks about uh, all, the, all the kids play it what the hell is it called you know it's like this weird fighting game that it's global 
phenomenon. I can't remember. There's so many. All the kids play. Nate. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that Fortnite, one. That Fortnite. one. Yeah. Fortnite. Uh. Yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, in all these games is that you can create a character, like what color their skin is, their hair is and everything. And it's interesting because life is kind of like that. Like, well, mm. guess what? Akbar has no hair. Guess what? Akbar has no beard or Akbar has a beard and there's some salt and pepper. Yeah. Akbar is big. Akbar is small. Akbar has muscles. Akbar doesn't have muscles. Akbar wears nice clothes. Akbar doesn't wear nice clothes. <laughs> Akbar has a nice watch. Akbar doesn't have a nice watch. You create, you literally build this, who you, whoever you want to be, and then you write the story. You know, uh, Akbar has a, a morning routine. Akbar gets up at five o'clock. Akbar sleeps in. Akbar has daily affirmations. He does not have daily affirmations. You literally like create this, you design your kind of dream life and who you want to be and what you want to look like and everything. And, and I don't think enough people take advantage of that. I think they let, going back to some of the original thoughts in this conversation, that they let the market dictate too much who, who they should be, mm-hmm. how they should look like, and things of this nature. But I think it's nice to maybe say that, hey, look, we very much are, have options. We very much can be who we want to be and be successful doing it, doing so. Yeah, I love that. So here's the thing I always ask on every one of these decision tables, and that is this question. From what you've heard and what you've, we have talked about here on the table, we've brought some pretty cool things up, you know, we've talked about, and I think you sum that marketing, you know, like that we are listening to the market maybe and not designing our, to what that can look like. We're not following our North Star, you know, maybe there's other conversations we can do and maybe there's actually smartness in our own thinking that we can rely on because we already have the data that backs that up. I think that was a great point. From what we've heard today and what we've talked about, what is it you're going to take from this conversation? What are you going to maybe do different or think different or take on board or, you know, what is it that you've got from this conversation? I think, you know, this kind of really reinforces my kind of mantra for 2021, which is just like, you know, just go bigger, you know, mm-hmm. spread, spread the message wider. And I think a lot of what we discussed today just kind of reinforced that and it makes, cause you know, you always, you always kind of sometimes second guess or waver or question, but I think this conversation definitely helps to cement that thought. Yeah. I love that. For me, the thing I'm going to take from this is, I really loved what you said around the data of intuition, the thinking, the concept of that. And and that really ties into what I talk around on the decision DNA side of it and our neural pathways. And I just think I'm going to keep sort of diving into what that looks like and how I can use that as part of the backing up to what I say in the side of decision DNA. So I, for me personally, that was a beautiful piece. I think you know, I'm really thankful that you've come on the table, especially after, you know, just jumping off your other call. And I'm really grateful for your willingness to be open to having conversation, even though I know that, like you yourself said, it's uncomfortable. And in diving into behind the scenes of, I know we often talk in the front, oh, well, you're successful, you know, seven, eight figures, you know, all that side of it. But I really thank you for coming on here and just being willing to have this conversation that we would have sitting at a table over a coconut chai, but the world isn't in those moments and they're not listening to that. But I think that this is the kind of conversation that is so powerful and it just sets the premises for all of us to be able to ask different questions and be okay with asking questions. And for us to be able to be comfortable that we might not know where the conversation's going. We may not even agree with the person on the other side of it, but that this is part of us going, how can we do it better? How can we be better leaders? How can we use our, and I think that was one of the things that came out big time today as well. How can we use our platform to actually be a bigger impact as well? Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So if you were to leave everyone with some parting words, what would they be or 
anything that you feel that's come up that you haven't had a chance to say? You know, listen, I'd love to share my number one secret to success. You know, I joke sometimes or half-heartedly joke that, you know, like I'm a funny looking brown guy with a name that nobody can spell or pronounce that's technologically mm. illiterate. Yet we've somehow reached the top 1% of our industry. On paper, it doesn't kind of There's not a lot of people that look like me that I guess have made it in this industry. Question is why? Mm. What have I done differently? And there is one thing that I think I have that I'd like to share. I'd like it to be the world's worst kept secret because I feel like it is definitely part of my life's work to, yeah. to spread it. And it's as simple as giving. That everything you heard as a child is 100% true. The more you give, the more you get. I believe, I'm not pushing anything on anyone, but I'm just, I believe that, that God promises us that you can never go poor by giving. Mm-hmm. And I believe that Every investment out there, real estate, crypto, <laughs> you know, so on and stocks, so on and so forth. I believe the highest ROI by far, mm-hmm. by far, is giving. And I think it's easily one of the most underutilized things in our current landscape. Listen, I was happy when I was living in an electrical closet, and I'm happy now. One thing's changed. I have made a lot of money, you know, in this online world, but that hasn't made me happy. Giving a lot of it away has. And that has kept me, I feel, that has given me the most joy out of my journey. Look, I'll be totally honest with you. When I first, we've helped a lot of people. We've helped our clients make tens and tens of millions of dollars collectively. When I had my first case study, which was actually just happening to my first client, who I'm blessed to be friends with still today. When we helped him make a million dollars, when he sent me that message, like, dude, you're not going to believe this. Like the numbers are in, we made, you helped us make a million dollars. I was off the wall. And when I called my parents, I was screaming. I was like, you're not going to believe this. Look look at this taxi. Oh, my God. We helped somebody make a million dollars. I'm telling everybody. I'm going Facebook Live. I'm going nuts. You know, with all due respect, at this point, like, it's just another thing. Like, we, you know, almost, it feels like lately, almost every week, someone's saying, hey, thank you. You helped us hit six figures yeah. or whatever. And at this point, emotionally, like, I am grateful and it is nice. But at this point, it's just like, you know, all right, that, yeah, all right cool. Right. But, you know, when we get to build water wells and community centers and sponsor orphans and do all these things, there's definitely a deeper satisfaction. I love that. I'll say this, you know, to people, I think a lot of people have it wrong. And if people want more details on this, they can Google just my name and TEDx talk. My whole talk was about this. But I just think a lot of people have it wrong that they say, well, when I make it big, I'll give. And I just want to argue, well, in order to make it big, you need to give and give whatever you have. When I was broke, I used to give literally, if anyone remembers this, there used to be coins. There used to be this thing. And I used to give that. And now that we're making a little more, I give a little bit more. But it's not just about money, too, by the way. It's about your time, about your skill set. Your expertise. Yes, exactly. It's it's about whatever you Mm. like to do. Personally, I prefer money over my to give my time, to be you know totally honest. But it's up to you, whatever you want to give. You just can't lose. It's like one of the very few guaranteed things in life. You just can't lose. And it's I highly recommend everyone makes it a much bigger part of their life. Yeah, I think giving is such a beautiful way to finish this call. I think giving is so important. And you know, that's the heart and soul to, to it's part of my North Star is to give voice and Part of that is to advocate for the frontline of humanity. And I think that we can do that no matter what we have in our hands. And, you know, you brought up some beautiful ways in which all of us can do that. And I think if we are to have an impact, use our platform, then part of that is by giving. And it's funny you say that because over this month, part of what has been sort of my mantra for this month is just poor pour out, pour out, pour out. Because I think when you pour out of, it's amazing how that flows through everything you do. And it's been amazing because of that. Like, I think, you know, you've got the smile on your face when you say that. And I think there's something about giving that when you give, although you're giving to someone else, there's something in that for yourself as well. And, you know, that's that feel of, ah, I didn't just, I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's such a powerful moment. I always want to share with everyone when I'm in the villages and I'm doing things because I can't tell you how much that just fills me up 
being able to make that difference when you're there. And I want the world to realize the power of that. I want the world to realize that, you know, it may be just that little conversation I just had with a child that is playing in the dirt, or it may be the fact that I get to sit in with a chief and we're talking about how to actually make this village sustainable going forward. And it's those moments that if someone can just capture, and I think yeah. you said that beautifully, and that's part yeah. of it is that, you know, if we go back to individual, that's what you get from this. But then if you go beyond you to others, community to the globe, it makes such a difference when more of us as humans are giving at the table. Yeah. Very well said. Very All well right. said. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, everyone, for who has been on this call. By the way, Nikhil says hello. He was on here this morning. Hey. <laughs> and, you know, everyone that has been on here or is going to watch the replay, like, the way we get more awareness of these kind of conversations is by sharing it out to the world. And, you know, there's two people on here we can share, but then there's many of you that follow and listen to this. Please share it because the way this word spreads is by sharing. And um, that's one way you can give to, I believe, is what we need. And that is the need for a new approach. So thank you, my friend, for joining us here on the decision table. And, you know, it's been such a privilege to have a conversation with you. Likewise, uh, Kerry, thank you so much for the great yeah. work you do. And uh, it's an honor to be here. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.